Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. You'll also hear from Kirk McElhern, Macworld's iTunes guy, and one of the main topics of discussion is Apple and the FBI and whether Apple can be forced to develop a backdoor to iPhone security. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. In this segment, we have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer with a lot of things to discuss, and we expected things couldn't get crazier in the world of politics, but now Apple has become kind of a political football in the presidential campaign because of a recent event that grows out of the December terrorist attack in San Bernardino, California. Seems one of the offenders had an iPhone 5C. So you see where I'm going here. The iPhone 5C, as with other iPhones using iOS 8 or 9, is encrypted. And how do you unlock it? Well, that particular model doesn't have Touch ID. We've got to use the passcode. The problem is the way it's programmed, you get 10 attempts to use a passcode. After 10 attempts, the phone's data is deleted. Is that correct, John? That's right. My understanding is is that the FBI wants Apple to do a very specific technical process that allows them to install some software and uniquely attack that particular phone with a brute force mechanism to try every password, hoping that it's only a four-digit password, that it's uh, tied to that particular phone. Uh, The problem is is it's many-fold. Aside from the grave constitutional issues that uh, seem to be glossed over in this discussion and the issue of whether the data on the phone, which is unknown, is speculative at this point, it may or may not help the FBI, whether the access to that particular data, unknown as it is, outweighs the safety, privacy, and security of a billion other users. That's the case the FBI has to make, and I don't think they've made that. The question here is, can Apple even develop software that would open only one specific unique device or does the act of doing that open up all devices to a similar process well i think they provide the fbi with the tools to do that but the problem is is that as soon as those tools are created every government good and bad on the planet will want to have access to that and 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 we've seen how in the case of the federal government and this is speculation on my part, it's been hard for the federal government to uh, lock down its files. Remember last year, the Office of Management and Budget was hacked and gave up security clearance. The, the Office of Management and Budget was hacked and security clearance data on many Americans, social security numbers, history, background, work history, and so on was, was compromised. So one could argue that the government, once it gets its hands on information has been having a hard time keeping it from being hacked. Once this tool is created, the presumption is is that it would be in safe hands. That's probably not the case. One worries that a someone inside Apple with an axe to grind could release the tool to the wild and then the jig would be up because you could modify the tool to not be tied to that one specific iPhone 5C. So, It just opens up a Pandora's box. It really opens the door to other governments, future governments, sets a precedent 
uh, has to be challenged, I believe, in, in the courts. And there has to be a clear understanding of the risks to the safety and security and privacy of uh, all the users who use these devices. And that it has to be a compelling argument on the FBI's part that their interests outweigh the privacy and security of a billion minus one other users. And it has to be validated constitutionally. It may have to be fast-tracked to the Supreme Court. It, it might be decided in federal courts. And uh, if it's, it's appealed by one party or another, it could be a, a tie in the Supreme Court because we're, we have eight justices now. And that means the lower court ruling would apply or the Supreme Court could weigh in seven to one in favor of one of the parties. So let's look at this in very exquisite detail. So once again, once you develop the back door, it's possibly easy to adapt that to open any iPhone. The second problem is here, once you set the precedent where Apple has to give it up in the U.S., well, they're selling iPhones in Europe, in China, in Russia. They could use that precedent to say, well, we have legitimate reasons to have the back door too. And the more they get it, the more that will get it. So once you open Pandora's box, it's not closed. Now, there's a lot of naivete on the part of officials and politicians. So the White House was quoted as saying, well, it's only one phone. Yeah, but it's not that simple. They don't understand the technology. Then we have Donald Trump, who certainly doesn't understand technology, weighing in. They've got to give it up. And then former New York Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, New York's mayor, America's mayor, whatever they call him, saying the same thing. But they have no clue either about the significance of any of this. One of the problems is that this is a technical issue that is well known to people who are involved in this issue and write about it. And it's their job to discuss this every day for the last few years. And in modern politics, instead, we end up with people throwing lightning bolts of sound bites at each other. And the arguments are on the surface. And the better sounding, the more cute and appealing and logical the soundbite sounds, the more it gains the weight of public acceptance and becomes a meme, as opposed to the more complex, widely accepted and well-understood technical issues. Well, here's the problem also. When you have a bomb thrower like Donald Trump, and then you have, of course, the fear-mongering. Okay, Apple is aiding and abetting terrorists because they won't let us break into this phone. But once again, Apple made it very clear why they're doing it. Right now, they can't do it. You know, right Tim now, Cook's, there's Tim. Apple can't just send over Craig Frederighi and with an iMac or something and break into it. He can't do it. You have to have a crew of software engineers work an unknown amount of time to develop this backdoor, find a way to then be able to install that backdoor on this iPhone without bricking it, without destroying the data. And even if it could be done, it's not going to be done a week or a month. Well, we don't know how long it'll take. But the problem is, is that once that technology is developed, it can never be undone. Somebody will say, well, it's too important to destroy, so we better lock it up and keep it so the next time the government takes us to court, we can comply. 
and then it's floating around. It's been created. Who knows what will become of it? It could be leaked uh, in an Edward Snowden-style release. Uh, who knows what will happen when, when, once this uh, technology is created. It really lets the cat out of the bag. And that's why it was important for Tim Cook to get this explanation out. I mean, he, very, he starts off very appropriately with the need for encryption. And I'm, I'm not seeing, because I haven't scoured the internet yet today, I was working on other things, but I haven't seen um, an overwhelming public under, technical understanding of the need for privacy. And that's, that's what has to happen here, is, is the public has to say, we understand the issue, we understand that our privacy and our security is at risk here. Does the government have a compelling case that all of us need to be at risk in order to solve the crime and, 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 and find out who the compatriots are of this particular uh, case? Tragic as it was, terrible as it was, I think 14 people died. It's, it's awful. But when the government gets a bee in its bonnet and decides it wants something by force, uh, it, it has to sort of look at things in perspective and say, what is the end result here? We have and, John Martellero of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Dr. Joel Wallach is not your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Dr. Wallach asked, why does America spend more money on health care by far and yet ranks 50th in health and longevity worldwide? The doctor believes that people should be empowered with a basic understanding of nutrition, then take charge of their life to attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects, requiring more toxic prescription drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies to our own destruction, no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit GCNminerals.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's deadly recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense and I invite you to join the GCN Minerals team. Go to GCNminerals.com. That's GCNminerals.com.
Today, more than ever, it's imperative that you protect your digital privacy. EDEC Digital Forensics Signal Blocking Anti-Radiation Anti-Surveillance Faraday Bags shield the contents of your phones, tablets, and key fobs from 4G, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, NFC, and more. Find us at edecdf.com slash radio or call us now at 805-222-4584. That's 805-222-4584. Radio listeners get 20% off your order. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillard.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So Apple becoming a political football, the White House, presidential candidate, former presidential candidate. Where does it go next? Just to remind you, we have a special feature of the show called Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com for a modest subscription rate. You get the ad-free version of this show, better quality audio. And this worked out really well last week when we had Bob Levitis and his wacky new song called iTunes Must Die, on the Plus version, the premium version of the show, we gave the show in high-resolution stereo with the full song from Bob Levitas. So it takes a couple of minutes longer. If you want to hear that, you've got to subscribe. All right, so we're looking at the issue with Apple here, where Apple will not give up a backdoor, a wait again to this iPhone, because once they do that, it opens the door for everything and that the claims on the part of the white house evidently that they just want for one phone it doesn't work that way i think they're very naive as to what's going on i think they are too Uh, i think that there's a certain amount of emotional reaction to this in this in the same way that there is a an emotional reaction to every tragedy and uh, i read an article a few years ago about how 
America wants to fix everything. You know, we know no bounds that everything that we attack as an issue can be solved. And we've seen that that's not always the case with American government. Problems are complex. We go into it with a kind of a Pollyanna attitude that, you know, if we only apply enough money and resources and we force our way into this, we can solve everything. And sometimes more problems are created than were originally envisioned. The other issue here is how much of your freedom are you willing to give up in exchange for whatever is going to happen here? Tim Cook says the freedom and the privacy of every person who owns these iDevices would be at risk once this backdoor were developed. And how much are you willing to give up? You know, it, it gets into these various debates we have about the Patriot Act, about expanded torture. Do we abandon our principles in America to torture terrorists because we need to get the information from them? And you can argue whether or not that even works. Do you give up being what you are as a country in order to deal with one extreme situation? Because once you open that door, in any case, everybody's freedom is at risk. It's not just your iPhone. Right. And some important organizations uh, have uh, sided with Apple on this, and we're waiting to hear from other high-tech companies. I think the Electronic Frontier Foundation has filed an amicus brief. I think the uh, American Civil Liberties Union has come out against this. I'm waiting to hear from other companies that have a stake in this because, you know, they're next. Google makes the software, HTC and, and Nexus and and Samsung make Android phones. Microsoft, God bless them, they are still making phones. Uh, three to. or four of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're next. All right, we'll have to see how that plays out. This is a current event and things may change as of the time you hear this show. But certainly if Apple appeals this, it's going to go through several levels of court and then could inevitably go to the Supreme Court which would then decide whether to take the case. If they do, we still have that problem. And that's also a political football. Will there be a new Supreme Court justice this year or not? There will evidently at one point in time, but... Well, this will probably be fast-tracked, and so we won't have a new justice in time to deal with this. So the hope there would be that they could get a 5-3 to decision. Right. Because otherwise... If they don't, whatever decisions made by the lower courts are upheld. Of course, if they are against Apple, we're back to where we started. Or it would have to go to the Supreme Court again once they have a full slate if that's what they decide to do. The reason it's good for it to go to the Supreme Court is because those justices have a long history of understanding the Constitution and the issues and the rights of Americans that are at stake that's the appropriate venue for a, you know, a grand American decision about this issue. Ah, this is the story that's not going to end. Let's go to a few other stories. Okay. All right. Autonomous cars, self-driving cars, and they're already being tested. And more and more new cars are taking on characteristics. You know, these special braking systems, blind spot monitoring, lane departure warnings, help with parallel parking. So your cars are taking on more of these functions, and not just expensive cars. And we're trusting these. We're trusting these functions to work. Most of them can be defeated, if you don't like it. I had a car a number of years ago with a lane departure warning when you got this crazy buzz when you were out of the lane very slightly. And it got so annoying, I just push the switch or whatever it was to turn the thing off. So 
that's what we have. But ultimately, the goal, I guess, is to have a car that will take you from here to there by simply announcing your destination. All right, that's great if it works. But even if we have computers that are smart enough to be a lot more consistent in their driving than humans, we still have wacky human beings out there who will have accidents. So now we ask the hard question. If your autonomous vehicle crashes, what well, there's next? Several, there's several issues here. There's the, there's the question of who bears the liability. Right now, it looks legally to me like the owner of the car and not the car company bears the responsibility because they're the owner of the car. But So big, in theory, just before we go on, yeah, in theory, if you choose to buy an autonomous vehicle... You would probably have to agree to terms and conditions saying that in the end, you indemnify the manufacturer from any liability. You accept liability. They're going to get themselves off the hook. Well, I I think what will happen is is that there'll be um, a phase where um, there's a lot of testing going on and insurance companies will make determinations about whether these cars are trustworthy and can even be insured. And then the car companies will say, well, we're off the hook because we can't be held liable for every little software bug in these autonomous systems. And customers will say, well, look at the GM ignition case where there was a manufacturing flaw and you are liable and people died. And so this will be hashed out in the courts. Meanwhile, the insurance companies will tell the car companies there's a certain level of reliability or we're not going to write insurance. And if the auto owner, the purchaser, can't buy the car with confidence and can't purchase insurance, then that's going to kill the whole thing. So there's sort of a a three-way thing here. There's the insurance companies, and there's the auto manufacturer, and there's the customer who has to feel safe, seven nines safe, point seven nines reliability or more. Let's go into that in a moment because I have a bunch of questions about liability. Also, you have to then first determine who's at fault in the accident. Is it the autonomous vehicle? Is it something the driver did to upset the autonomous vehicle's functions? Is it the other vehicle or vehicles? We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. We're trying to figure it out on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial 
financial compensation. Zoroto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So, okay. If your autonomous vehicle, your future Apple car, your future Tesla, whatever, gets into an accident, who's responsible? But then you have the problem, which is, as I said, you have 
the vehicle and its onboard computing systems. You have the owner who can switch things on and off, I assume, with some degree of precision. And you have the other driver or drivers. Who was at fault in this accident? I don't know about that. That's to be determined. The computer software, theoretically, cannot violate any traffic laws. Presumably, it's tied into the GPS system. It knows where the stop signs are. It knows where the the stop lights are. It can recognize a red light and a green light, unlike colorblind drivers. Software is theoretically incapable of crashing into somebody else at will or accidentally or violating a traffic law. And if something like that happens, it's going to be a very interesting court case because there'll be witnesses who will say, well, I saw the car veer off the road. And the manufacturer will say, well, that's impossible, just like the unintended acceleration issue. There will also be black boxes on the car to determine what really happened. That's right. That's right. And and so there's a tremendous engineering issue here to make sure that that the cars do the right thing. If there's an accident, as has happened in the past, it's because the autonomous test car complied with the laws and somebody else didn't expect the autonomous car to do that, maybe rear-ended them at an intersection where the light turned yellow to red or something like that. And so these autonomous cars will probably have cameras that will record the last few minutes of driving and have flight recorders that will record all the information. And whether you'll be able to interfere with that and turn it off will become an interesting issue. I remember years and years ago, I think it was in the 70s, that the federal government passed a law that you couldn't start your car until the seatbelts were engaged. And there was a a famous case about a couple in a convertible that uh, were being attacked at uh, a park somewhere. And the guy couldn't get his seatbelt fastened quickly enough, and he couldn't get the car started because the seatbelt wouldn't buckle right. Well, that law was eventually overturned. So there'll probably be a period of time of of working out the details of whether you can enable or disable this autonomous system. One example I thought about on Jeff Gamet's Mac Observer Daily Observations podcast a while back was you're driving your wife to the hospital. She's about to give birth, and the parking places for the emergency room are all filled up. And so you tell your car to pull up to the uh, carport, maybe it's raining, and park there so that you can take your wife in, get her into a wheelchair. And the car says, no, I'm not authorized to park here. And you say, oh, yes, you are. And you get into an argument with your car, which you're going to lose about an overriding emergency situation. Meanwhile, the car's sitting there going, oh, iBeacon tells me I'm not authorized to park here. I think one of the things that would be part of a system like that would allow the driver to override in case of emergency. I don't think it would be. be that situation. It's kind of a comic tragedy yeah, the way you paint yeah. it. So we have a lot of things to work out with the uh, with the cars, overrides, liability, re- reliability, insurability. It's going to be fascinating. Autonomous driving. I don't expect to see this till 2020 or later. I think as we all get older as you and I are, John, it would be nice maybe to know that it would be possible to get around in a car if our driving skills were subpar. Yeah, that's one of the motivations for it. There's how many millions of baby boomers, maybe 50 million, I'm just guessing, who um, are in retirement now and looking forward to uh, having one of these cars. 
if you can make the monthly payments. I don't think it'll cost as much as you think, though. I think the systems are being perfected all the time. Buying the current range of safety add-ons is not super expensive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it'll, it'll add several thousand dollars to the price of the car, but it won't double the price of the car. All right. So much for autonomous driving. Let's talk about hard drives. Oh, my favorite subject. Okay. So you tell us your classic hard disks are spinning right into the graveyard. Tell me more. Well, you know, I'm a sort of a futurist. I like to move on with things. I can't wait for the future to happen. I live in the future already. And I've been experimenting with a solid-state drive that I use uh, to back up my Mac. And I, over the years, I've had many of my time machine drives just outright fail. I mean, they, they spin there for you know, several years, and then they just die. And so I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool to get rid of these big, clunky, spinning hard disks and move into the future briskly and uh, start converting over to solid-state disks? They're small. They're bus-powered. You can back up your entire Mac and, and put this little thing smaller than an iPhone in your pocket. Um, so it's very attractive. Uh, they are expensive now, but the prices are coming down dramatically. I paid about $200 for 240 gigabytes, and that's probably high now. I've seen from Amazon, I've seen some Samsung terabyte SSDs for about $300. I just saw a two terabyte solid state drive from Otherworld <coughs> Computing for 600 and change. Right. So they are expensive compared to a, a four terabyte spinning hard disk, which you can get for maybe a hundred bucks or less. But there comes a point when you start thinking, you know, here I am with this desktop drive. It's got a power brick. It's sitting there spinning. It clicks, makes noise. You can hear it during podcasts. This podcasting trick I learned, turn time machine off. Um, so I, I described in Friday's particle debris column my plan to gradually in 2016 replace my time machine drives. And then the question came up uh, from a couple of the readers about write cycle limits. In the old days, meaning three or four years ago, these drives had limits on how often, how much data you could write to them because of the way they're structured internally. If they actually just wear out, to put it simply. And times have changed. Uh, the controllers have improved. Exotic technologies have been introduced to manage the data storage. And, and now you can, you can buy a SSD of any size and expect to write several hundred terabytes to it over the period of a few years. So, and they're rated formally and very conservatively uh, for that. So, write cycle limits are not really an issue anymore. I asked Otherworld Computing, who you mentioned a little while ago, and they gave me a, a quote, and they said uh, that, um, let's see, I have it today. So I have a quote from Otherworld Computing who makes uh, the Envoy Pro EX a uh, very nice SSD. And it said, they said, quote, the Envoy Pro EX will work fine as a time machine backup, 
The right cycle limits on drives nowadays are so high, it doesn't make any difference. Time Machine is not going to wear the drive out to a point where the end user should be concerned about the drive life being affected significantly. So that's not an issue anymore. Uh, one issue is the cost. One issue is forensics. You know, when they die, they die permanently. There's no way to go in and recover the data like you can possibly with a hard disk using a data recovery service. Um, and they're expensive, relatively speaking. So They are expensive you, today, but I think now that we have an almost affordable two-terabyte solid-state yeah. drive, a year or two from now... I'm going to start experimenting. You'll be able to get that kind of drive for maybe 150 or $200. Yeah. We have John Martellero of the Mac Observer. We're talking about your traditional hard drive spinning into the grave. Kaput history. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? 
Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Attention citizens, this man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent, and in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Demographic Cliff, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.harrydentresearch.com. Again, that's www.harrydentresearch.com. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So, slowly but surely, your traditional mechanical unreliable hard drive is being replaced. Now, that's another story there you mentioned here, that with a traditional hard drive, you have some kind of hardware failure, you can often take it into the clean room and the drive recovery service will get all or most of the data back. But there's no ex- way to there's no way to do that with a solid state drive? There is no way to do that. So the only solution there is to have a multi-tiered backup system, what I call. And in an article I wrote today I talked about how, you know, I, I use time machine. Right now it's to a hard drive. I do a data backup three a backup of my user directory to an SSD. And that's my test case. And it's working fine. And since I only back up Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, my entire user directory, uh, I think that drive will last forever. And then I'm still using a small a bus-powered hard disk as a carbon copy cloner drive. And every few weeks, I do a complete clone of my internal hard disk on my Mac, which is only 256 gigabyte SSD. So I have three backups, and then there's a, there's another thing I do. You know, you 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 do a, a backup to a drive you put someplace offsite. So then, when one of these systems fails, then you just seamlessly you know insert a new drive and carry on because you have the other backups. Never depend on one system by itself. And every article I've ever read, it says don't depend on Time Machine alone have a second backup and a good one is carbon copy cloner because it makes a bootable backup of your entire drive file by file this doesn't take very long to do that with usb3 these days maybe initially 45 minutes maybe an hour for a terabyte drive so it's and, and then from then on it only backs up the files that are changed or um, or added so it's a very good practice and i i strongly recommend it 
Now, let me tell you a little bit about my routine. I have a carbon copy cloner hooked up to an external drive. Every night, it runs a backup. It backs up what was changed and what was deleted so that the external drive becomes a mirror of my Mm -hmm. internal drive. That's the one backup. The second is a time machine backup on another drive. The third is an off-site online backup. So I have three backups of everything I have, at least three. Yeah, those of us who are doing this for a living have to do that because we've written so much and we have so much technical information that we need to preserve. But even for casual users, I suspect that many users connect a time machine drive and say, done, job finished. But listeners out there, I wouldn't trust Time Machine by itself because if the drive gets scrambled, the directory's mangled, the drive somehow electrically fails, you've lost your backup, you'll have to you'll start over. And if by chance something happens to your Mac, at the same time you're you know busy buying and waiting in the mail for a new drive to arrive, then you've lost everything. All the family photos, uh, the movies, every, your, your magazines, your e-books, everything you've collected. So uh, don't depend on Time Machine by itself. Figure out a second way to do it. And the carbon copy cloner is a very good technique. Now, the reason you have Time Machine there is a logic used by Apple originally was that most people don't back up. And the intent there was to get more people who don't back up to at least have that backup. If they have nothing else, at least you have Time Machine. Maybe. As we realize, it's not the full solution, but it's better than nothing. Regrettably, over the decade the time machine has existed, it hasn't really grown with the times. Excuse the pun, but time machine is sort of locked in time in its capabilities. Minor tweaks have been added over over the years. One of the things that it does is it it can fail mysteriously and leave you with mysterious error messages and you there's, there's no practical approach to solving the problem. You simply have to erase the drive if it's still functioning properly or buy a new drive and start all over again. And that annoys people greatly because you know they suspect that maybe there's something I deleted and I've lost my ability to go back in time and grab that file. We've talked about that at the Mac Observer, and it doesn't happen very often. About once or twice a year, I accidentally delete a file by dragging it wrong and uh, have to use Time Machine to go back and resurrect it. So having that year-long archive isn't as important as having a good backup strategy that's updated often. And Time Machine doesn't do much in the way of giving you warm fuzzies. There is a log file that's created, but it's a dot file, and it's hidden deep in your directory structure. And it's not something that Apple surfaces to the user in some digestible form that says, yeah, you know, I checked every file. I compared the files. There was no corruption. Uh, here's a log. And, and I, think the, I think the integrity is good. Something like that to give, to give you some sort of feeling. And rather than just having it click away and click away, and then one day you realize it's all corrupt. It's and, like you know, a black box solution. That's right. That's right. And I'd like to see Time Machine sort of become more sophisticated and yet retain its elegance and simplicity, too. I'd like to it, also see it be bootable. I understand the complexity here because you're containing multiple copies of a file every hour, every day, whatever. But if you had a way to make it bootable in case of an emergency, 
Yeah, I saw an article that actually was a user forum where somebody suggested that there was deep magic way to do that, but it's not common knowledge. Nobody does it. Yeah, that's the nice thing about Carbon Copy Cloner. In worst case scenario, you can boot from that drive while you figure out what's going on with the other drive that failed or looked like it failed. There you go. Carbon Copy Cloner, I use it too, as I mentioned. By Mike Bombich. We had him on the show a couple of years ago. Nice guy. He is. So, of course, we've actually kind of moved from the subject of hard drives spitting into the graveyard to Time Machine and its failures. Let's get to another topic here, okay? We have the Nanny Watch, better known as Apple Watch, and it tells you, do not eat that candy bar. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Well, over the years, I have sensed that there is increasing emphasis on products trying to be helpful. This, it started with uh, health and fitness, which is a good thing. Your Apple Watch tracks uh, your movement, your steps, calories you've used. It can tell you what your heartbeat is. And in some cases, that's been very helpful for people who had health issues. Our applications on our phone try to be very helpful and try to dig into our behavior, our habits, try to figure out how to assist us, make recommendations. So there is a, a very strong legacy in the modern mobile world of having devices and software that you know, recommends a restaurant tells you that something needs to happen and some notification, somebody's trying to contact you. Here's the, sh the shortcut to where you need to go on Google Maps. All these fantastic digital helpfulnesses. Well, I ran across an article at Scientific American that talked about a wearable sensor that was able to, with a little circuit and a detector, a sensor, measure the perspiration on your skin and do analysis. And it was able to determine uh, your um, blood glucose and sodium and potassium and body temperature. So right away I, I thought, well, this has got to be coming to the Apple Watch. And once the Apple Watch starts monitoring your blood sugar, as everybody knows, there will be endless pressure well, it won't be even pressure. It'll be a natural no-brainer for the software to start making suggestions based on your body chemistry and your blood sugar. Oh, your potassium is low. You should eat a banana right now. Um, here's the shortest path to the Kroger's. Your blood sugar gets to the point where you're thinking about eating a candy bar and maybe it has a motion sensor and it can figure out you're unwrapping a candy bar and it says... No, you shouldn't eat that. That's not the right kind of sugar you need right now. Don't do that. So that was the reason for the title of the story, what to do when your Apple Watch tells you not to eat a candy bar. We, as, a, as a society and as Apple customers, we have to figure out how far this is going to go, whether we're going to be dictated by our devices and told what to do at every moment by somebody's software algorithm, or whether we're going to maintain a... Uh, a maintain a what I call executive function where our brain says this is what we need to do this device is going to assist me but it's not going to dictate to me and I'm going to make my best judgment about what to do next but but mark my words there will come a day when the next generation or two Apple watch will have these sensors and it'll be monitoring you and it'll be making food suggestions 
Let's do this, and then we'll have more about that. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. You. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Jason! 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 Going once, Jason. twice. Jason. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now, online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link, engage with other listeners, ask questions, start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, we're talking about the Nanny Watch coming to an Apple store near you. I don't know. I guess if you want something to watch your diet and you specify, watch my diet, warn me about the candy bar, warn me about eating too much pasta or the extra slice of pizza or adding the extra cheese, warn me about that. I guess that's okay. Yeah, if you can turn it on and if you can control it, if you can make it your servant, make it helpful to you. Um, that's the whole idea is, is that you want these devices to be serving your best interests based on good science and your own good judgment. You don't want to be buying a device that dictates to you and you just say, well, it told me what to do. I better do it. People will. People will. Because when the, when the computer says to do it, that's what you do in many cases. Well, that's also a political football, too. You know, if the government recommends dietary guidelines, well, it's the nanny state. If the city of New York says you can't buy soft drinks of a certain size anymore because that's too much, 
we complain. So if your Apple Watch without your approval did something, you complain. As long as it can be configured, yay or nay, no problem. I can't live without my Apple Watch, by the way. If I accidentally forget to put it on, I go running upstairs and put it on right away. It keeps track of my steps, my movement during the day, and it keeps track of sunrise and sunset. It keeps track of Apple stock. I use it gloriously for Apple Pay when I'm out at the grocery store that takes Apple Pay. And it's just a, it's a fantastic device. Okay, then we know there's probably going to be an Apple Watch 2 this year. So the question raised in one of your articles, would it be any thinner? And I have concerns about that. I'll ask in a moment. Go ahead, please. Well, yeah, you went, everything always gets thinner and faster and better. There was a big thing with regular watches for a while there where thin was good. And the Apple Watch is a bit on the thick side, a little bit clunky. And my wife has resisted buying one so far because her wrist is very small. And this is kind of a big chunk to put on a put on a small wrist. But the thing is, is that there's competing functions here. People would like the watch to be more autonomous, less tied to their phones. Eventually, the holy grail is, is that you can walk into an Apple store and buy an Apple Watch and not have to be an owner of a certain kind of iPhone. We want the battery to last longer. We don't want to have to charge it every night. When I first got my watch, my Apple Watch, uh, it was about 60 to 70% full every night. So I thought I could go several days. And Apple Watch, Watch OS 2.0 came out. And it kind of oscillated and it got better and it got worse and then over time. But right now, I, I think I'm averaging about half full. So I could probably go two days the way I use my watch. But it'd be nice if you only had to charge it once a week. So that requires a really, really strong battery. And so what can you do? You know, you can you can decrease the power that's required by the onboard display and, and the system on a chip. Um, you could make the onboard software more efficient. They're always trying to do that. You could miniaturize the components. And if you make the motherboard smaller, there's more room for battery, so you can make the battery bigger. But then if you made the battery bigger, you couldn't make it, if you made it bigger in volume, you couldn't make the watch thinner. Otherwise, you would defeat the gains that you made. So it's kind of a tough engineering situation. You could improve the battery design so that it can contain more milliamp hours. But those gains don't come by 50% leaps over the year. They come in you know, single-digit percentage improvements over the years. So if you try to tune up every one of those elements, making the system less power-hungry, smaller, more efficient, making the battery better, maybe you can go for you know, four or five days with the same battery, or you could charge it every night and have a really, really thin watch. But you can't have it all. And so that's why I'm not expecting the next Apple Watch to be substantially thinner than the current watch. The other issue is compatibility with existing watch bands. Wouldn't Apple want to have those bands be compatible for at least a couple of generations? Well, looking at the way the watch is designed and the way the band fits into my watch, I think it could still be thinner and still support all the current bands. I mean, I'm talking about going from, what, how thick is it? 10 or 11 millimeters down to 7 or 8 millimeters. 
And I don't think that would be an impact on the way the bands fit in. But everybody thinks that thinner is cooler, it's lighter, but I just don't see it happening in the near future. I, don't, I see it happening down the road in maybe five years. I suspect we'll have a much thinner Apple Watch where battery technology and the miniaturization has really improved quite a bit. But from one year to the next, you know, the Apple Watch is, is not even a year old yet. So for the next version of the Apple Watch coming out, and we don't know when that'll be, uh, I've, I think we've given up on the idea that it'll be in March. And the, the best estimates I've seen is a new Apple Watch 2 in September of this year. I don't expect it to be substantially thinner. I expect it to be better technically, have better Wi-Fi, more capability. But um, that battery in there is, an, is a real issue. And, and to just to make the to watch a lot thinner would give up everything that people want. They want more power. They want more lifetime. So how long do you think it'll take before the Apple Watch can work completely without an iPhone, even including the guts of a phone? Oh, I don't know. A few years, maybe three. Maybe Apple Watch 3.0, I'm, I'm thinking. So that would be 2017? Yeah. Apple Watch 3.0. Hmm. There you go. I'm going to ask you one more question, then maybe something I didn't really plan on asking you, but that's the fun of the show. I can't wait. (laughs) All right. Apple's vision. We wonder, what is Apple going to do? What's Apple planning next? You say it's plain for everyone to see. Really? It it is. I mean, we, we all watch the keynotes they're available now on apple tv it used to be you had to go to california to be in the audience and watch the the wwdc keynote and only the the press would show snippets and pieces on the evening news but now uh every presentation from apple even the wwdc keynote is is streamed live there are hundreds of apple websites including Apple's own there are that talk about what's going on with Apple and the, the essence of the company. There's Apple's commercials on TV, which exemplify what Apple is all about. There's the Apple stores. You, could, you can't go into an Apple store without understanding the mind of the Apple executives and what they're trying to convey in terms of the design of the products and the quality of the products and the way they're priced. The message is plain for everyone to see. And yet... There was this fellow, a professor at NYU University recently, who did a a talk, who said that Apple has no visible mission. And I'm thinking, well, now wait a minute. Their, 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 Their mission and their vision is something that's legendary. It's something that started with Steve Jobs when he returned in 1996. It was ongoing. Every presentation that Apple has ever done has talked about why Apple does what it does. Steve Jobs is famous for having shown videos of kids on the beach and family photos. And this is why we do photo management. This is why we do iMovie. This is, this is why we try to make technology simple and, and approachable for people. And yet there are certain uh, financial analysts who don't want to accept the vision of Apple. And then this fellow, uh, Scott Galloway, Dr. Galloway from NYU uh, 
got in my mind a little bit over the top when he said that that Tim Cook isn't a, a good storyteller. He you know what? Let's talk about more stories in our next segment with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers. Customers, simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So we have this professor, and I don't know, I don't think I'd want to take one of his classes after this, who says that Tim Cook is not a good storyteller. John, what do you think? Tim Cook is clearly a passionate fellow. He's not, he doesn't have the same personality that Steve Jobs did, of course. But you can feel his passion when he comes out on the stage. You can feel his sense of executive responsibility to carry out the vision and the mission of Steve Jobs in every product that's designed by Jonathan Ive and nurtured through by the executive team. We see what Apple's trying to do in terms of simplifying technology, making things easier to use, except for some notable glitches with operating systems here and there. Generally, everything just works. I was pleased the other day when uh, I was installing a new monitor and I had to tear everything down and clear my desk and I plug this monitor in and poof, there it is. And I plug in this Logitech camera, the webcam and poof, it's there. And I fire up Google Hangouts and I'm just online and everything just works. So to say that Tim Cook isn't a good storyteller, that Apple doesn't have a mission statement they don't have a mission that they can articulate. It was just nonsense. And I thought it was kind of self-serving in a way uh, and, and didn't, didn't reflect the years and years and all the books that have been written about Apple and all the lore we have from Steve Jobs and, and, and what Tim Cook is trying to do with Apple these days. It just didn't make any sense to me. And so I had to write about it. And, exp- and, and it's, it's too bad that, that some people are kind of blind to what Apple's trying to do given all the tremendous amount of interest in Apple and, and the design of their products and the, and the movies that have been made about the company and the books that have been written about the company. We know what Apple's all about. Now, in terms of having a formal mission statement, I think that companies that are dying or losing their good leaders decide they, have, they want to have a mission statement. It's like the Dilbert cartoon well, we don't know who we are, and we don't have good leadership, and we don't have good products. So the Dilbert manager forms a committee and says, write a mission statement. That's when you know your company's in big trouble. Apple knows what its mission is. I mean, it's, it's Phil Schiller and, and Tim Cook have talked about it. It's in their DNA. Education is in their DNA. Making the best possible product you can make is in, is in Apple's DNA. I think maybe he's also confusing the fact that Apple doesn't reveal new products until they're ready. But that doesn't mean they don't have a mission and they don't have goals that aren't clearly stated. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. I mean, there's there's a time and a place for reviewing and talking about your products, as um, uh, John Gruber did the other day with Craig Federici in a discussion about some, some Apple issues that have been surfaced. But then there's a time to surprise and delight the customers and keep your competitors off guard, especially those who like to copy everything you do. So, sure, Apple's mission is to keep things quiet, make things right, surprise us, delight us, and then ship it. Now, one thing I noticed in the interview with Craig and Eddie on John Gruber's radio show, where they were asked about Apple software quality, and they're saying, you know what, our quality is better than it was five years ago, but that we perceive it more because there are more users. Really? I think it's because there's more functions. I think the, over the years... OS 10 has grown and grown and grown by leaps and bounds. OS 10 used to be, when it first came out, basically a BSD Unix operating system with a really, really cute GUI on top that was made it really fun to use. And it was the best GUI that anybody had ever put on a Unix operating system. Even today, decades later, uh, Linux people have trouble uh, because of the nature of the beast uh, trying to put a really, really great GUI on top of Linux. They've come a long way, I've noticed, over the years, but it's still not the Macintosh. But every time you add features, every time you add new APIs, there's something more to debug. I mean, it isn't untypical for Craig Federici to stand up at WWDC in June and say, well, look at all this stuff we've done. We've created 1,500 new APIs for you developers. So go out and implement you know, continuity and 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 this and that new feature in OS 10, that's going to create bugs and sometimes buffer overflows and sometimes security issues. So, so basically he's giving you 1,500 opportunities for more bugs. Right, right. And, and that's why we all clamored for a, a, a Snow Leopard-like release, and I think we got it in El Capitan. I am infinitely more pleased with El Capitan than I was with Yosemite. I'm glad I'm done with Yosemite. <laughs> You know, it's funny, though, if you look at the reviews of El Capitan at the App Store, it's only three stars. Loads of people still report performance problems, glitches, this, that, and the other thing. Now, I know of one that continues to bug me, and that is every so often, Apple Mail will simply freeze up completely. You can't do anything in it for about 20 or 30 seconds, and it comes back. Happens once a day, twice a day, then two days later. Weird? I've heard reports of that. Personally, I haven't had any problems with Apple Mail myself. One that usually gets me is a Safari lockup. That doesn't happen too much anymore. No, I've I've got some pretty good uptimes in El Capitan. I I made a mistake the other day. I uh, my my wireless battery powered mouse died. And it looked like my Mac had locked up and I couldn't do anything. And I made the mistake of rebooting it when I should have checked, made sure my battery has, was fully charged on my mouse. So I was at 15 days uptime, and I'm about ready to duplicate that. And, and I don't think in Yosemite I had an uptime longer than maybe three or four days at best. I tend to run the public betas or the developer releases of El Capitan. Despite that, my uptime as we speak, six days, 11 hours, 41 minutes. That's fair, but but uh, I, I have gone, you know, 30 or 40 days in Snow Leopard in uptime. Now, our web server has been up for about 45 days, 
and the last time I was down because of a software glitch. But that's running Linux, and it's a totally different story. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you have server-based software that's been tuned to just sit there, headless, be, be a headless server, yeah, you, can up, you can get uptimes of months and years on those Linux servers. They're fabulous. Well, the server we use has a front-end control panel that we use. We don't really go into the command line that much, but that's just kind of basic, simple stuff, such as configuring websites and making a few minor adjustments. It's not a big deal. So maybe I go into there every few days, and the rest of my interactions are done with WordPress or something of that nature. What I'm worried about now is, is that what Apple will do with the next version of OS X. Will they decide it's back to the business of adding fabulous new features? Or is Apple going to continue its trend of refinement and nailing down bugs and... You know, it, it raises the question about how, how long you can carry on the business of adding more and more features. Before you have a bit of a mess, maybe? John Martellero, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. I'm Senior Editor at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. John Martellero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. It was a pleasure. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Are you tired of the cold this winter? Are you prepared for the next blizzard or snowstorm? What will you do when the power and heat go off? That could be our future. Fortress Clothing's Bug Out Bag with our head-to-toe solution is your one-step answer to survival in the cold. It doesn't expire. It doesn't go bad. It's lightweight and mobile. And it doesn't just sit on the shelf waiting for an emergency. You can use Fortress today. Be warm and comfortable if you or your family work in the cold. Be warm and comfortable while you play, hunt, fish, camp, ski, paraglide, go sledding with the family, or just shovel the walks. You will never be cold again. FortressClothing.com is the answer. Your emergency preparedness solution to the cold. Your solution to working or playing in the cold. Visit us at FortressClothing.com and enter radio. Buy now and receive your 20% off discount. You will never be cold again. FortressClothing.com. It could save your life one day. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. 
clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern, prolific podcaster and blogger and Macworld iTunes guy. And today we're going to focus first on the political football of the week and that is Apple and the FBI. And as I mentioned in the previous segment with John Martellaro, a magistrate court judge has ordered Apple to develop what is essentially a backdoor to allow them to break into an iPhone 5C and get the data on it. Now, this iPhone was owned by one of the terrorists in the San Bernardino massacre. Of course, That person is dead, so it's not that you can enforce them. So the question is, is there information on that phone that might be critical to further investigation, possible terrorist plots, what? So, of course, Apple won't do it because they've made a long statement about this because of their guarantees about iPhone security, which is not only can't a criminal get in there, but we can't either. Kirk, what's your reaction And have you seen much of this in the European newspapers? Well, I don't read newspapers. What's a newspaper? Um, I follow the news on the web and on TV, and they don't really seem to be talking about it too much on the TV news, on the BBC or Sky News, which is... um, Sky is owned by Rupert Murdoch, so it's like Fox News, but it's not. It's like if Fox News had intelligent people kind of news. They, They haven't been talking about it. Of course, everyone's talking about it on the web. I think there might actually be some hesitance about raising that question here because the UK government 
they haven't actually come out and said that they want phones to be accessible, but they've made it very clear, and they're they're moving in that direction to get as much access to electronic devices as possible. Yet it hasn't yet reached the point where it's become a political issue over here. It's clearly a, a big deal in the states because you know it's a, an incident happened in the U.S. and the FBI and Apple's an American company. Now. Here's a question I have, the question that's not being asked by the press. So we understand the process here and what they have to overcome. And that is the iPhone 5C doesn't have Touch ID, doesn't have the secure enclave, but it does have the standard passcode protection. The problem with the passcode protection is Apple's security in iOS 8 and 9 means you get 10 tries, 10 bites at the Apple. And then if you don't succeed in logging in, the data is deleted automatically. That's the problem. So either you figure out what 10 possibilities to try, you make a good guess, and you realize it's a crapshoot. So what Apple is being asked to do is develop a version of iOS that would bypass this restriction. It wouldn't have this brute force locking capability, which means you could use your computer and log in a million times until you get the right passcode, whatever it is. I have a question, which is not being asked. How the heck, if Apple even develops this operating system alternative, this special version of iOS for this iPhone 5C, even if it's using the hardware numbers, it's restricted to that device, how do you install it? Oh, I think what what they could do is they could clone the device's data and imagine you're putting it on an external hard drive. You know, you can clone your, your Mac's operating system, put it on an external hard drive, and then boot on another computer. And I think they, they can do something like that. And in fact, I'm looking at an article that Christina Warren wrote on Mashable, which explains an awful lot of these questions. And apparently the FBI proposed a memory-based RAM disk, which would be the method. So you'd copy all the data, encrypted data. You'd copy the data physically from the phone to another device, and you'd put it into a RAM disk. Um, You know, the same way that there's a simulator for the iPhone in Xcode, I'm sure that you can make a simulator for the iPhone once you've got that data. But here's the question the press isn't asking. If they've used a four-digit passcode, well, there's 10,000 possibilities, but what if they've used a longer passcode? What if they've used a six-digit or a however many characters they want in whatever language they want? Because, you know, these people, I'm not sure what country they originally came from, what language they spoke, but if they were using an Arabic keyboard, that multiplies the number of possibilities. You're going from 10,000 to trillions and trillions of... In other words... If, if these people didn't use a four-digit passcode, it's very possible that brute force wouldn't work until after the human race is extinct. Okay, but you would know that by looking at the device and trying to log in. You boot it up and you look at how many numbers, characters it requires. So that answers right, that question. Right, but if it isn't four when it's booted, I don't, think, I don't know that they've actually booted it once at all to find out. Maybe they have. I don't know, but no one said anything about that. Okay, the other question I have here is, If you don't have access and you can't unlock the unit, how do you copy the data off it? Do you just go internally to the flash drives and do like a direct drive copy? 
that's what I would think. So again, in, in Christina Warren's article on Mashable, she talks about Apple's previous compliance that they had agreed to unlock phones 70 times for authority since 2008. But this was pre-iOS 8. And it didn't have the same levels of security. It didn't have the secure enclave chip. And there were already tools on the market that were able to crack an iPhone using a brute force system. But since they've added this you know, this, what do they call it, remote wipe or automatic wipe or whatever it is, um, after 10 tries, um, it it's become impossible. It literally is impossible to break into it. it. You can buy devices and software on the internet that'll let you get into older phones, that'll let you get into Android phones. And technically, this is the kind of stuff that only law enforcement agencies are supposed to buy, but I'm sure you know, you go out, you go outside of the states. You go someplace, you know, online, and you can probably find it. But they won't work on. I think it's iOS eight and later, which have this secure enclave thing. If you remember when Apple announced this feature, and and it's not remote wipe, but it's something like that. Um, theft of iPhones in New York plummeted because people knew that if they stole them, they wouldn't be able to resell them. Not so easy, is it? Well, it's no, it's impossible because, as you say, you've only got 10 tries. Not only do you only have 10 tries, um, after six tries, the phone locks, and each try after that takes longer for you to be able to make the next try. So I think it's like after six tries, it's one minute, then 10 minutes, then 20 minutes, then 30 minutes, then an hour. So if you're doing this manually, I believe it takes 100, you get a total of 140 minutes for your nine tries. Um, and if the 10th one, if you do the 10th one, obviously, then, you know, the phone just erases itself. Now, if the phone erases itself, does that mean that data recovery software can't recover the data on the phone? That's something I don't know. So if you were to pull the flash memory out, um, could you recover the data? You see, that's raises questions that Apple will not publicly answer. I assume that there is, somewhere in the back rooms of Apple, something there they could use. No, I don't think so. You're assuming here that it's plausible deniability. Not only can't we do it, we're not even making the attempt. Remember, what's being asked here is not just some tool that has a key and opens it. It's a tool to allow a brute force attack. So basically, as you said, it's a version of iOS that would allow them to essentially automatically key in passcodes until they find the right one. Um, there's no reason for Apple to have software like that. I can't imagine that it's necessarily hard to develop. Um, you know, you're changing one parameter in the way the system works. But again, I, I honestly, I don't understand very well how this secure enclave chip works. Now, um, remember, there's no secure enclave chip on the iPhone 5C. Let's get into more of this in a moment. With Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Are you looking to sell body armor? Want to make extra money selling body armor at your local gun shows? With low minimum buys and great returns, KD Armor is the answer. Make money in your spare time. It's American-made body armor with the quickest turnaround in the industry, which means you get your product when you need it at very competitive rates. And they'll ship it to you for free. If you own a business, give them a call today at 855-488-KATY. That's 855-488-2284. Or go to KDArmor.com. Come and take it. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Are you sneezing, coughing, and aching? Do you have a sore throat, a fever, or the sniffles? There's no reason to be sick this cold and flu season with immune system support from Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver can give your body the help it needs to fight off harmful pathogens without hurting beneficial gut flora and without leaving behind resistant bacteria. Antibiotics can damage good microflora and often leave behind bacteria which can cause problems later on. If you're sick of being sick, try Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver, the number one choice of thousands for a safe and effective way to protect against the many diseases and illnesses that we are facing today. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com, read our customer reviews, and see the life-changing results that people are having. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Use the promo code PROTECTED for 20% off your entire order. And like us on Facebook, Supernatural Silver.
Paid non attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24 7. Call 800 261 That's 800 261 You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. So with the iPhone 5C, unlike the iPhone 5S, there is no secure enclave chip. There's no Touch ID. It's just the passcode. And again, what you're saying is they could make a disk image or a RAM disk of this, but then still it's the same problem. How do you install the update when you actually have to log in and okay the update, even if you install it from iTunes? You still have to have the thing start up and enter your passcode. I I think it's more a question of just copying the data um, and not copying the OS itself. So if, if they had backed up their iPhone to iCloud or to iTunes, um, presumably this data would all be there. Their contacts, their text messages, their phone calls, etc., all get backed up. So it's the same kind of thing. All, all the authorities are looking for is, is the data. They don't care about which apps are installed or which music are in their, um, in their playlists. No, I understand that. I assume, of course, they have the phone records anyway. They got that from their carrier. So sure. that information they already have. So they, it is what well, instant may, messages are there, what emails are there, the data right. that they could get to see if something in terms of information was exchanged with somebody else to give them some clues. Of course, we can assume also they may have been smart enough to put nothing on there. It might be a wasted effort. Sure. The, and the, the authorities may already have their emails because emails aren't generally encrypted. Um SMS text messages aren't encrypted, and phone companies might keep records of those. However, if they were using iMessage or any other messaging service that does encrypt messages, um, then that's the kind of data that the authorities would be interested in. I I think they can get access to a lot of data already, um, but I think they want more. Another thing that the phone has, and depending on, I guess the carrier can provide this too. The phone records your location over time. So the authorities might want to know where these people were at different times. But as I said, that information may already be there in <clears throat> the cell phone information about locations <clears throat> and tower connections and things like that. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know how long um, phone companies are required to keep this information. I would assume the hour after they recovered that phone, they were already in touch with the carrier. Yeah, but so your phone records this information. If you remember a couple years ago, um, someone came up with an app that could get into your backup. If you had an unencrypted backup uh, in iTunes, it could pull out your location information and make a map of where you'd been. Uh, And this is location information I think is stored in perpetuity on the phone. So if, let's say, um, the phone carrier only keeps it for a year, it could be that there's more information on the iPhone itself. But, but these are all moot points. Um, as you say, they don't even know if there's any information on the phone that's worth getting at. 
basically they're they want to search the guy's storage locker and see if there's anything there and the question is here is how stupid were they i mean the female did post messages in a social network but she used a different name so it wasn't that easy to make that kind of connection so you'd think they'd be smart enough not to put anything incriminating on there they can get the sms messages as you said they can get the emails already so it's only possibly encrypted instant messages or the sites they visited their cookies their web history things like that that might provide clues so how do you think it's going to end up well so i i, I find very interesting um a- apple has been relatively vocal about this in recent times i think there are bills in both california and new york um in the state legislature that are requiring that all cell phones have uh, offer uh, allow access from authorities and apple is strongly against this so it's not surprising that tim cook came out so quickly after the announcement of this court order um to react so the, the real question i have now is what's the process um apple refuses does someone get cited for contempt of court will tim cook go to jail for this i apple, would think that the first thing is they might just appeal the decision right well that's well hold on so you can be jailed for contempt of court pending an appeal there have been cases like this i think with journalists where they've been appealed they've appealed but they've still been jailed so a will tim cook be willing to go to jail for this b Apple is obviously going to appeal and this is going to go to I think one the next level up I think is an appellate court and the next level would be the Supreme Court. Now, obviously the whole Supreme Court issue has just gotten very complicated. If if the Supreme Court were to split um so so what everyone's saying about the Supreme Court if there's four against four since there's only eight justices now, what that does is it leaves the lower court ruling in place. So let's say the lower court rules against Apple. The Supreme Court splits 4-4. The lower court ruling is not overturned. Um, and then Apple is still, I don't want to say culpable, but Apple still has to theoretically meet the demand. And the real question is, what would Apple do if it gets to that point? Well, I don't think Tim Cook's going to jail. I think that would be fairly extreme, and I don't think that that would help the case any. Now, the other issue here is, would it be a 4-4 split, a liberal-conservative split, or would it be a more nuanced decision where it would be an overwhelming majority one way or the other? Yeah, you and I, we have no idea, because not not only is this um, a very complicated case— but I don't think it's the kind. I don't think the Supreme Court has ruled on many things like this. You know, everyone talks about segregation and uh, abortion and affirmative action, the kind of cases that come up in front of the Supreme Court, Obamacare, um, marriage equality, things like that. But no one. I don't think there have been any major cases that involve things of this type. Um, so. <sighs> I think all bets are off. I think there's no way to really figure out um, what might happen with this. Now, consider all the possible downsides. So Apple is ordered, say, a Supreme Court decision. That's 5-3. 5-3, do it. Apple has to do it. They can't stand up in contempt of court. Why not? They, do, 
You think Apple would actually I don't oppose know, but they the can. U.S. Supreme Court? I don't think. I think in that case, they'd have no choice. But there's a can of worms that happens here. That is, once you set the precedent that a high court, that the U.S. courts can order Apple to unlock an encrypted iPhone, what's to stop China from doing the exactly. same thing. You want to build your iPhones in China? You give us access. Exactly. Russia, any other country, the UK. Once you open this door, and Apple hasn't said much about it, they just say, well, you know, secrets are difficult to keep. Once you have the master key, it can get into the hands of the wrong people. And it's not that the US government has a stellar reputation of keeping things a secret. No. But it's not <laughs> so- just that. It's other countries saying, all right, China could say, well, you want to build your iPhones in Foxconn? You give us a backdoor for national security. Well, it wouldn't even be about building. It's more a question, do you want to sell them? That's the other thing, too. The United States could, in theory, if Apple doesn't obey, block the importation of Apple gear. I think, in theory, um, the United States could even nationalize Apple if it came to that. The United States government does have extremely broad powers. Uh, they, they, are, they could probably do pretty much anything they want. Um, but doing it to Apple, the biggest company, uh, maybe they're not the biggest company in the world right now. You know, um, market valuation's been flip-flopping between Google and Apple, but they're one of the top two com- companies. It would be a pretty radical thing for the U.S. government to do something that punitive against Apple, against a company that size. Of course, on the other hand, we don't want a company that size being able to do anything with impunity. I mean, imagine, you know, you you like talking about cars, and you talked about, what was it, the GM problem where a number of people died. Why didn't the government do anything about that? Because GM's too big to fail? Um, I, I think... You know, we're we're entering in uncharted territory here. I think what's important is, I mean, Apple's made it clear. Once this exists, then if Apple folds and does what the FBI is asking, they'll have to do it the next time. And they'll have to do it the time after that. And it won't be terrorists the next time. It'll be, you know, people dealing in child pornography, which is something terrible. But then it'll be, you know, someone who robbed a bank, which is something that's bad but not terrible. And then it'll be someone who sent a mean text message to someone or or berated someone on Twitter. You know, it's a slippery slope once you start into this sort of thing. We got more to come on this and other subjects with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. For listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. 
DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Of course, as one predicted, the presidential candidates have spoken out. So Donald Trump says, give it up. Marco Rubio has a more nuanced answer, but basically saying that Apple and the FBI can work out something, let them work it out and figure out a way. So the White House says it's only for one phone. Why are you getting upset? Well, I don't think they see the issues there. And I think that's part of the problem, too. The people who are most vocal in saying Apple should give it up, have no clue about the technology and the implications. It's not very easy to understand if you're not up on computer security. Um, I I think, uh, you know, Congress, the people running for president right now aren't expressing a great deal of intelligence. Um, I don't think that they're really the people who should weigh in on something. You know, you're you're not going to ask them to weigh in on medical issues except for Ben Carson because it's something they don't know about. And computer security is something they don't know about. They're looking at it as a black and white situation, FBI versus Apple. Apple has to do what FBI wants. But it's just not that simple. It's very, very, very complicated. Let's move on. Yeah, let's, because we're a long way from getting to the bottom of this. Besides Um, which, with the 24-hour news cycle, Yep. Today, they're still talking about it as we do this show on a Thursday. By the time you hear this show, they'll be on to something else. Yeah, but this case won't be over by then. No, but the problem is here, out of sight, out of mind, the only coverage will be mostly in technology publications. Well, I I think whatever the next step is, Apple cited for contempt of court or Apple appeals or something, we'll hear about it. And it may take a week or two, but we will hear more about it. It's not going to disappear. No, but it requires some development, some major development to go there. What else can we talk about, my friend? I don't know. What's new in the Apple world these days? 
You mentioned to me there are things that are not being talked about. Oh, no, that was the thing uh, about the longer passcode. And, and just to, to follow up on that, if you remember when iOS 9 came out, you were prompted to make a six-digit six passcode, not a four-digit passcode. You could still go back and make a four-digit passcode, but the default um, was expected to be a six-digit. So here's something that um, we can talk about. Apple is filming or Apple is producing a scripted television series featuring and about one of its own executives, this rap person named Dr. Dre. Dr. Now, Dre. Yeah, I know. I'm being sarcastic. Oh, um, okay. Well, Dr. Drudgery, yes. Dr. Now, Dre. Qu- now, quoting from the Hollywood... Hold on. Quoting from the Hollywood Reporter, it is described as a dark drama with no shortage of violence and sex. In fact, an episode filming Monday and Tuesday this week, early this week, featured an extended orgy scene. Now... As long as we have been following Apple, Apple has generally, they've not been obsessively sort of family values, but they have been more or less on the side of avoiding pornography. I mean, you can't really find any porn movies on the iTunes store. You can get some hardcore books, um, but in terms of movies and apps, um, apps are refused. Movies, they don't generally... Um, sell them or rent them. And here's Apple making something that just doesn't fit with the company's image. And not only that, it's their first television series that they're producing. I totally don't understand this. Well, the other thing is here, as you say, why do we care about a show featuring Dr. Dre? I mean, one of the things that we observe very much... Now, when Netflix decided to produce TV shows... They didn't just pick something impacting an executive of Netflix. They went to Hollywood and they got deals for Orange is the New Black. They got deals for the Kevin Spacey vehicle House of Cards. Oh, they, they went do, with normal production companies, independent production companies, and put together different sorts of programming. Okay. In a couple of cases, they just took shows that were canceled by cable networks like The Killing and Longmire and brought them back. All right. We understand that. The problem here is if Apple's going to get into TV production, it looks awfully self-serving, regardless of the content, to have a show featuring Dr. Dre. If they're going to do that, why not have a show featuring Tim Cook? Is he interesting? I guess he's not. It just doesn't sound like something to introduce your capability of producing TV programming. No, it it sounds totally wrong. Not only the fact that the person is um, now an Apple senior executive and whose company was purchased for $3 billion. He didn't own the company entirely, um, but he is a billionaire. But the fact that it's all about violence and sex. I mean, all about. There is no shortage of violence and sex and an extended orgy scene. So, it it just doesn't it it's really you know this is this is like the U2 thing when apple dumped that U2 album on everyone um they must have thought at one point it was a good idea but i think this is going to just backfire on them whether or not you like his music i'm not a fan of that type of music um it's just not something that apple should be doing in fact i'm not even sure that apple should get into the whole thing of producing television um because this is a company with an image and that image 
is going to be reflected by anything that their name is on. And for now, their name is on, uh, you know, hardware products and software apps and, um, you know, a, a store to rent movies, buy music, things like that. Um, if their name is starting to be on, I don't know, there was a Netflix series about um, the drug cartel in Colombia, right, recently? That's oh. the kind of, th this sort of violence and all that is, it, it becomes part of your brand. And I don't see the, the upside for Apple to have that as part of their brand. I agree with you. I think if Apple wants to show off its TV production capability, there are lots of independent production companies, traditional production companies with projects and development that they could take something that really has potential that maybe is not being picked up by the TV networks. Maybe Netflix won't go after it. Maybe Amazon Instant TV, or they bid against them and say, well, in this case here, it's Netflix versus Apple. Apple says, we'll throw you an extra 50 million. We'll take that project. Yeah, it, it seems that, you know, they could find people who, as you say, certain shows that were canceled and picked up by Netflix or I, I would almost see Apple start out with some documentaries, you know, that they they introduced some years ago, what they call the Ken Burns effect um, in iMovie. And, you know, Ken Burns makes a lot of documentaries that are interesting. That's the kind of thing that Apple might produce. You know, Apple actually has produced um, a documentary before. You're aware of that, right? Which was that? It was No Direction Home, the Scorsese documentary about Bob Dylan. Um, the first thing you see on the screen when you play the disc or, or the, the, the download is the Apple logo. Um, I don't think Apple was the only producer, but their logo came up first on that. And, and that actually fits in Apple's sort of brand ethos. You know, Bob Dylan, a great artist. Um, Apple, uh, you know, Steve Jobs was notably a big fan of Bob Dylan. Apple was all about music. This was done when the iPod was still um, a big hit. So that, to me, that fits. So let's say that they were to do documentaries or music video, because Apple also just paid for music video by Drake recently. Um, that seems more in the line of what Apple might want to do. And, and the other question now, Apple is making a, as it's called, a scripted TV series. Where are we going to see this? Is it going to be broadcast or, or streamed on Apple Music? Is there going to be a specific app on the Apple TV that has a single series? Um, will it be sold through the iTunes store? Um, what, what's, the, what's the distribution channel? Are they producing it to then sell it to Netflix or HBO or something? We don't know yet. we got more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. 
If you haven't heard, we'll tell you again. There's something called Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot We offer the ad-free version of this show, sometimes special extra features. Like last week, we played a song from Bob Dr. Maclevitis called iTunes Must Die. I don't know if Kirk's heard it yet. <laughs> and we presented the entire show with a stereo mix and the full song, but the full song in stereo was only available if you subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus. To learn more, go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot So, Kirk McElhern, you're the iTunes guy. Have you heard about that song from Dr. Mac? You know, I actually haven't listened to it yet. Um, in many ways, I share the sentiment. But as I've also said many times, I disagree with the idea that it just has to be killed off and burnt to the ground and all that. Um, it, it's much more complex than that. Now, just to point out here, in recent interviews with two Apple executives posted in a podcast, Apple claimed there's going to be another version of iTunes coming out with, I guess, 10.11.4. They claim to be still working on it, trying to make iTunes function better. But of course, they're very vague about how it might change. But the other thing is here, they were asked about the perception that Apple's software quality has declined. They claim, actually, in the past five years, software quality is better, except because there are more users, when there's a bug, we hear about it more, so it seems worse. What do you think? I disagree. I think that what we're seeing, and and so this was Eddie Q and Craig Federighi on John Gruber's podcast, The Talk Show, you know, let's point out, this is new for Apple. Um, Phil Schiller was on the talk show last year at the WWDC. This is new for Apple to allow their senior executives to talk to people like this. They were saying there are fewer crashes, so they get diagnostic data from iOS devices, and they're saying there are fewer crashes, and, and they get the same, they get similar data from Macs. I, I think the problem is that before we used to see a lot of little bugs, and now the kind of bugs we're seeing are a lot more annoying. I've still never, and I've given up now, I've never gotten AirDrop to work reliably across all my devices. Um, all these continuity handoff features, they don't work very well. Um, I, think, I think it was a month or two ago, there was a problem with a certificate from the Mac App Store and people had to re-download apps because they wouldn't launch. Well, the same thing just happened a couple of days ago, a certificate that expired on February 14th. And Apple's kind of blaming developers, but it's not the developer's fault. And th there's all sorts of stuff going on that's just, you know, it's a, a little bug. Something doesn't display light, right. That's one thing. But when you can't sync your music to your um, iPhone from iTunes, that's a major annoyance. When you can't launch an app you bought on the Mac App Store because of a certificate, you know, the average user has no idea what this means. It really doesn't help to have that sort of user-facing bug. So if an app crashes is one thing, but when things don't work as they're supposed to, I think it's more frustrating than apps that crash. And I'll give you an example of something I've encountered. Since the first beta I installed of El Capitan in Apple Mail, every so often it freezes up, stops working for maybe 30 seconds or 20 seconds. So you click on a message, nothing happens. You perform any function, it just locks up. And then after 20 or 30 seconds, it's okay again until the next time. Now, so far, no release or public beta version of 
El Capitan fixes that, nor is it apparent whether it's a widespread problem, one that only impacts people with lots of big mailboxes and lots of accounts, or I'm an outlier. And I don't mind being an outlier, but who knows? Well, you're certainly an outlier. Um, Personally, I don't really have problems like that because I'm not one of these email hoarders. I know lots of people who have like 15 years worth of email and multiple gigabytes of mailboxes, and I see no point in keeping it. When you have that much email, there is that much more work that when you connect to a server, it's got to check your mailboxes to find all the messages and to make sure everything's synchronized. So there's just sometimes there are limits in capacity as to how well things can work and how quickly. I hear an awful lot of people complaining about mail. It's probably second to iTunes on the desktop. Yet I never, ever, ever have problems with mail. Once in a while, mail quits, and that's about it. That's the worst of my problems. Now, of course, just because I don't have problems doesn't mean other people's problems don't exist, and I understand that. But I am someone who, who pairs my email regularly. If I've got emails that are old that I want to save, I move them to a folder on my Mac. I don't keep you know a gazillion emails on a server. So I'm, I'm less likely to be affected by this sort of issue. I assume it's something like that, but also that my mailboxes aren't appreciably larger than they were under Yosemite, so it's still an El Capitan issue, but the kind of issue where Apple probably wouldn't give it high priority, because as we might say, I might be an edge case, an outlier, and therefore it doesn't happen often enough to find a solution. Now, when I look at the reviews for El Capitan, at the Mac App Store. And reviews, you know, can't take them always seriously. And people who have negative reviews tend to be more eager to report the problems. It only has a three-star rating, which is hardly better than Yosemite. This is supposed to be the bug fixer upper release. All right? The bug fixer upper, but they can't get more than a very, very mixed review. What's your feeling about that? You know, the problem with online reviews is that most of the people who review either love something or hate it, and you're more likely to post a negative review because you're frustrated than to post a positive review because everything's working smoothly and you've got no complaints. So I think reviews tend to skew like that, um, and even more so for something like an operating system. So uh, I'm not really sure that that is a data set that has a lot of value. Okay, and also when I look it over... I'm not seeing an awful lot of consistency in these reports, except maybe performance issues. Well, so you have to remember that um, El Capitan will run on any Mac that could run Yosemite. And I'm not sure how far back it goes, but is it maybe six years? 2007 to 2009 for the older models. Right. So you've got some pretty old computers running um, this operating system. Um, Yeah. Some of these issues could be hardware, you know, not enough RAM, a processor is too slow, and it's, it's very, very, very hard to, to resolve these things. We're, you know, it, this, it's not like the PC world where you've got a different card for each different thing, but we still have older computers that just might not have the power to do everything. Of course, one can argue if that's the case, they shouldn't say it's compatible with older computers. But presumably, they've tested enough to know that it should be compatible. Now, another thing is, 
the operating system is one thing, but you've got your third-party software, and some of it installs kernel extensions and other sorts of things in the system space that can cause problems. So and unless you can rule those out, you can't necessarily say it's the fault of the operating system. We've got Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are you looking to sell body armor? Want to make extra money selling body armor at your local gun shows? With low minimum buys and great returns, KB Armor is the answer. Make money in your spare time. It's American-made body armor with the quickest turnaround in the industry, which means you get your product when you need it at very competitive rates. And they'll ship it to you for free. If you own a business, give them a call today at 855-488-KB. That's 855-488-2284. Or go to kbarmor.com. Come and take it. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacro wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacro wedgie. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Are you sneezing, coughing, and aching? Do you have a sore throat, a fever, or the sniffles? There's no reason to be sick this cold and flu season with immune system support from Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver can give your body the help it needs to fight off harmful pathogens without hurting beneficial gut flora and without leaving behind resistant bacteria. Antibiotics can damage good microflora and often leave behind bacteria which can cause problems later on. If you're sick of being sick, try Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver, the number one choice of thousands for a safe and effective way to protect against the many diseases and illnesses that we are facing today. 
Go to SupernaturalSilver.com, read our customer reviews, and see the life-changing results that people are having. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Use the promo code PROTECTED for 20% off your entire order. And like us on Facebook, Supernatural Silver. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So we're focusing on Apple software quality. And when Mr. Federighi and Mr. Q say, oh, no, it's better now. That's marketing speak. Of course it is. You, you can't expect them to come out in public and say, well, yeah, it sucks. They're aware that there are problems. They're aware that there are lots of bugs. They're not going to ever say otherwise. You know, they sort of admitted, okay, there are things that aren't great and we're doing better and, and all that. And, and that's your standard mea culpa. No one's perfect. And if they pretended to be, then that would be disingenuous. But they can't come out and tell the truth and say what's going on. Let me give you an example. I rented a movie last night on, on the Apple TV. For some reason, it asked me to verify my credit card information, so the last three digits of my credit card, even though I didn't need it because I, have, I had over $100 in credit in my iTunes account. The credit card was refused and said I had to go to iTunes on a computer to update my payment information. Now, I'm thinking... I don't know if this is actually possible to do on an iPhone. Did it have to be in iTunes, which is what the message said? Um, and I went to iTunes and I checked, and my credit card was listed, but the expiration date wasn't set for some reason. And this is a credit card that's been listed for a very long time. So there was a glitch, which meant that I couldn't rent a movie on the Apple TV until I went to my computer to fix something, even though I had a credit in the account. This is the kind of niggling bug where you're sitting down, you want to watch a movie, and... You, all of a sudden, you're faced with a technological problem. Now, the last three digits of a credit card, that little code number in back. The CVV code. The yeah. CVV code. I understand why that you might want to re-enter. They might require that occasionally. They might even do a routine audit where they just ask people to re-enter their credit card information for the sake of security. Or it could be a glitch. But this is the kind of glitch where at least you don't stand a chance of being charged for something you didn't buy. Right. But I did have more than enough credit to cover the cost of the movie rental. So that's what makes it really odd. They didn't need the credit card for me to pay for this movie rental. Because I, I keep gift cards in my iTunes store account, so I don't have to worry about checking individual payments on a credit card. Well, you sure know how that worked for you. Yep. But it was a good movie. I watched Trumbo which um, is Brian Cranston playing Dalton Trumbo, who was a, a Hollywood screenwriter who was blacklisted back in the HUAC days in the 60s, the 50s and the 60s. If you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend it. I will. Of course, you know, I like junk movies with lots of action and superheroes and things like that. And science fiction, 
Well, he, I would call him a superhero for what he did, but I get you drift. It's not your kind of movie. My partner and I were actually looking for a sort of science fiction-y movie last night, you know, some sort of action thing, and we didn't find anything. And then um, this is something that I had wanted to see anyway, so we opted for that instead. But it was well worth it. There's an article I caught over at Kirkville. It just hit me because of the fact of the way that we set up our schedules for the show. I'm in Arizona. He's in the UK. So he wants me to say, okay, what time do you want me here? Give it to me in GMT, Greenwich Mean Time. Okay? This way we're dealing with a central time configuration where there's no concern about your local time zone. And Arizona gets to be particularly crazy because we do not observe daylight savings time. Arizona is still yes, in another right. century. Yep. Of course, I don't even understand the purpose of daylight savings time anymore, where you set the clocks back one hour, ahead one hour. And I guess at some point in time, 100 years ago, this was to help the farmers. But yeah. today it is downright absurd. So at yep. the very least, get rid of that. Have a year-round time. Now, do you have anything like daylight savings time or an equivalent in Europe? Sure. I think every European country uses daylight saving time. I think it was an American invention. Those listening at home can go check Wikipedia. We don't change on the same weekends. I think we change back in the fall on the same weekend, but we don't change in the spring at the same time. So that means that there's a period where there's an hour less difference between Europe and the United States. And as you said, to complicate it, Arizona doesn't use daylight saving time. And I think that's why you used to always quote times in Pacific time, because one only needed to know what Pacific time was and not remember whether or not it was daylight saving time regarding Arizona. A couple months ago, we had a problem because maybe it was just before daylight savings time switched back and I was expecting 5.30 and you had expected 4.30. And that's why since then you quote me in GMT, which makes it a lot easier for me. Obviously for people in the States, you're not going to quote GMT. Do you always quote Pacific time? No. Sometimes depending on the guest, I quote Arizona time because we have guests in Colorado, for example, several guests who come but on how, the show. So we always remember- consider mountain time. Yeah, but what about when daylight saving times comes? That means that you're not the same time as Colorado, right? That's correct. So I still refer to it in their time, and I factor the difference. Now, let me ask you a question here. First of all, before we go on, don't you agree with me daylight savings time is just nuts? Get rid of it. Idiot. They got to get rid of it. It's stupid. It doesn't help anyone. It probably costs more money now because the change affects so many people. Um, it makes it harder for kids who, who lose an hour's sleep in the spring. So, no, I think it should be killed off. Instead of iTunes must die, we should make a song called Daylight Saving Time Must Die. I'll call Bob Levitas and tell him to come up with that yep. equivalent. Okay, but what about something else you were talking about? The end of all time zones? Yeah, so this is an article I came up across in the Washington Post, and someone was speculating on what it would be to get rid of all time zones. We would no longer have the problem that people don't know what time it is when they're working with someone in a different country. The problem is, it would be confusing for people who would no longer be eating lunch uh, at, let's say, 12 noon, but would be eating lunch at 4 in the morning, depending on where they are. You know, where, where would you choose the time to be starting. Historically, you'd probably choose Greenwich Mean Time, but, you know, other countries might want their time to be 
chosen. Now, it's not totally unheard of. China spans six time zones, but they have the same time across the country. And they've managed to get used to it. Obviously, 24 time zones makes it a bit more complicated. But the, the whole point is that we're working with people around the world, and it just gets confusing to try and figure out what time it is. You know, when you get on a plane to go from, you know, California to Europe, it's like a, a, an eight or nine hour time difference in time zones. And you got to remember to set your watch and you're going along. Do you set your watch when you get on the plane? Do you set it when you're ready to land? You don't know what time it is, the, the real time. You're dealing with a relative time every time you travel. And granted, it would just make things simpler. I don't see it ever happening because... The sort of concepts of noon and midnight are based on, you know, the Earth's position to the sun and all that in, in local areas. But it would be interesting. So what, what if the United States were to eliminate time zones and everyone had the same time? Over four time zones, it's not that big a difference. In my article, uh, I mentioned that there was an episode of Freakonomics Radio that looked at sleep and it found that people in the United States who live at the western edge of a time zone get more sleep, and that increasing sleep by an hour a week for everybody in the city increases the wages in that location by about 4.5%. So if you're on the eastern end of a time zone, um, where is the eastern end of your time zone? I would assume would be the border the, with Nevada. That's the western end. The eastern yeah, the, end, I would have to actually look at a map to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where the splits are. I think Eastern Time goes up to Mississippi, and then Mississippi to someplace, and then someplace to Nevada, and then Pacific is just, what, the three states, California, Washington, Oregon. Um, so if you're at the eastern end of a time zone and it covers enough area, you're losing out, both in terms of sleep um, and in terms of, apparently, in terms of um, the amount of money that you make. I'm just looking at the states here. So Mountain Time is Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. Just in case you wanted to know. Yeah. Um, and, and so basically... I want to know this. We have another segment to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad. But boy, was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. Have you ever wondered why farmers can keep their livestock lean and healthy just by feeding them minerals in a nutrient-dense diet? Before market, they cut off their minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains to fatten them up. So if weight control is this easy, why does the medical system prescribe invasive surgical gastric bypass for humans? The truth be told, according to research, you can avoid over 900 different diseases just by getting 90 essential nutrients daily. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com and order your Healthy Start Pack and get your 90 for life. Or dial 855-301-TEAM. I said essential, not optional, and every day. Easy. 90 for life on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com or call 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com at sonsoflibertyteam.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So, we're talking here about a radical plan, a radical plan to get rid of all time zones. So right now, instead of it being 10.07 in Arizona, it is 5.07 GMT, right? It's 5.07, yes, right now. I knew that. What's interesting is if you look at, so I'm looking at a picture of the time zones, the time zone borders don't match state borders. For most of the borders, they do. But part of the Texas panhandle is in the mountain time zone. 
part of Nebraska, part of Missouri, um, part of the Dakotas is in the mountain time zone, part of Ohio is in the central time zone, and the rest is in the eastern. So the borders don't... So if you're working, let's say you're working in state government, you have to remember that part of your state is in a different time zone, and people are working at a different time. And this means that there's an hour difference between times that you can talk to people. So when you leave work at 5 o'clock, people in a different time zone, they either leave work at 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock. And that makes things confusing. Sense it does not make. Nope. But again, you know, it wouldn't be that much of a change, at least for the continental United States. The problem with Alaska and Hawaii are a lot further away. Shifting from four time zones to one, or even four to two, would, would be an improvement. But I would say daylight saving time is something that needs to get eliminated first. It would be a lot better. Ah, uh, the havoc of it all. Yeah, you know, any of these artificial things tend to be kind of hard to adapt to. So There's also them. politics, because if one country gives up a time zone or a set of time zones, they're acquiescing to another country, no matter what happens. Well, you don't necessarily look at it that way. But, but well, here's an example. The UK is directly north of France, and they're not in the same time zone. During World War II, the Germans changed the time in France to match the time zone of Central Europe, which is the time zone where Germany is, and the French never changed it back. So the French are technically on German time, even though they're not in the same time zone as Germany. Geographically, they're not in the same um, longitudinal area as Germany. So even within Europe, you have some, some oddities as to how the time zone, how the borders of the time zones um, are separated. Well, I think that's enough of time zones. That yeah, and, and I'm just looking at a map. So Portugal, which is, you know, sort of fits in as part of Spain, is on the same time zone as the UK, even though all of Spain is on the Central European time zone, which goes from, well, Spain all the way to Poland and Sweden. I am dizzy. Yep. And that's not because of the flu virus. I'm just getting over. I'm dizzy oh, from the time right. zone. you had a flu. Okay. Yeah, and I'm actually looking at something. I think Russia just has a single time zone, too. Yeah. It's called P for Putin. Putin daylight savings time or whatever. <laughs> Putin savings times. There you go. So Russian time zone depends on who's the leader and where he was born. Okay. I'm just waiting for silence. There it is. Very quickly cover a few other subjects. The rumor mongers out there are filling us with stuff about what Apple's going to do next. Supposedly, there's going to be an alleged four-inch iPhone, new one, coming out in March. You'd like that if it happened. I would. Um, the thing is, I wouldn't... I wouldn't sell off my existing iPhone 6S because it's too new, it's too soon. Um, but whenever I next upgrade, I will most definitely upgrade to a 7-inch iPhone, 7-inch, uh, to a 4-inch iPhone. I was thinking iPhone 7. Um, it's, I, I just don't like the big iPhone. Um, you know, we've talked about it several times, and even though it's not that big, um, it's bigger than I want. 
And I'd be very happy with a smaller one. And I regret buying this iPhone. I really do. I would have been happier with my iPhone 5S, which even though it's two generations old, um, none of the features really, uh, of the 6 or the 6S, none of the features really make that much of a difference to me. Do you think if Apple had a 4-inch iPhone, a new one, not like an iPhone 5S in the lineup, but a new iPhone 6C or whatever, in the lineup last fall, that sales would have been a few million higher? Well, it's a good question because Tim Cook mentioned in the last earnings call that 60% of iPhone users were using iPhones older than the iPhone 6, hence smaller. And it's hard to speculate on how many people didn't upgrade because of the size, but it's very possible that some people would have chosen to not upgrade because of the size of the iPhone. So it's there. there's a possibility that maybe they would have sold another million if they had a smaller phone. And that people were saying, well, I don't like the bigger phone, so I'm going to just keep this one a little bit longer and see how long it lasts. And also, I, the other question I would ask is, if there was a newer iPad Air, not an Air 2 like they kept in the lineup, but iPad Air 3, which may also make its debut, if that were out last fall, would that have contributed for a few million sales or maybe not? The, the iPad is really hard to speculate because it's so incremental. The, the updates are so incremental. Um, the iPad Air 2 is what added Touch ID. And other than that, oh, yeah, everything's better and faster processor. But this is something most people don't notice. So the updates to the iPad are, are really tiny. And I think people, uh, except for the people who use an iPad constantly all day, they're going to be more likely to up grade an iPhone, which gets more wear and tear than an iPad, which is, you know, generally the thing that stays at home or stays on your desk at work or whatever. It's not the thing you carry around and, and use all the time. Um, iPad sales have been slipping for 11 straight quarters, and I can't see that they're going to save this ship anytime soon. Um, I don't think the iPad's going to die because they're still selling, you know, many millions of them. Um, but I think it's a market that's reached saturation. A lot, there are people who bought the iPhone 6S Plus or 6 Plus, and for them, it's a good compromise between phone and tablet. So they don't need an iPad. Um, a lot of other people buy an iPad because they don't need a computer anymore. But I, I can't see any sort of compelling features that would make people upgrade an iPad, um, you know, 3D Touch is, is not very useful. They're, even if they add live photos to it, which they could because it's, I think it's pretty much a software feature, not hardware, the iPad isn't really the device people use to take a lot of pictures. I, I think Apple's going to have to start competing on price. And interestingly, they've been discounting the Apple Watch in a number of areas. Um, it'll be interesting if the iPad gets discounted, or if the next iPad generation is a little bit cheaper and Apple has to compete in a market of basically $50 tablets that you can get from Amazon. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me at my website, Kirkville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me over at Macworld, where I write about iTunes and all sorts of other Apple things. 
You can find things about us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. There's Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Check GCNlive.com for a list of the radio stations around the USA that carry the Tech Night Owl Live. You can also hear the show directly from our site, TechNightOwl.com. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week at Paracast.com for the Paracast, we have Peter Davenport of the National UFO Reporting Council. It's a place that if you see something strange in the skies you can't identify, you go to the National UFO Reporting Council and send them your report. And I'll tell you some of the craziest reports out there, such as multicolored fireballs in the sky that appear to be intelligently controlled. Paracast.com. And don't forget our other special feature of this show, Tech Night Out Plus. You get the ad-free version of this show, higher quality audio for a low subscription rate. Check it out at plus.technightowl.com. Once again, that's plus.technightowl.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.